Fuck me. Fuck. That's that. What's, what's, what's wrong with this? No oh, shit. All right. Uh, I'm getting some sort of interference. Um, is it tesco or always that color? No, I think this is a chameleon circuit. Oh shit. Is that, is uh, that a problem with the flush capacitor? Yeah, there, there, oh, there's shit. some. Like, like us and other timelines getting crossed up. It's. Oh, goddammit. It's pretty. Uh, uh, hold on, let me fuck with it a little longer. God damn it. Don't give us. Call the switch. We're just dolphins with fucked up hands. We're like dolphins that have been gone through an AI art generator. Um, that's why we've got these fucked up hands. That's where we came from. They they combined, like in the previous universe, the dolphins combined um, like uh, genetics with 3D printers and AI art generators, and the human came out. They don't talk about that one in Bring Me the Head. We know that the previous universe was ma- was a matriarchy. Uh, they didn't mention that there are a, also dolphins. A previous universe was an AMA triarchy. I thought it was outright stated that this was the previous universe that the Cipital intelligence was from, but I may be wrong. Uh, yeah, well, I've heard different things. And why would we trust Stolze anyway? That's right, that fed. Look, everyone I've met who's from a previous universe claims that they're from the previous universe. Um, I'm beginning to wonder if they just never win people of the past, or if it's the same thing. The Cleopatra of never wins, I guess. I guess if you just, if you happened to, like, if you were in one universe and then you were in another universe, you'd assume that you're from the previous universe, but maybe you skipped a few. You don't know, maybe you floated out there in oblivion for a while. How the fuck could you possibly know? Exactly, exactly. Maybe it was a matriarchy in the in the previous universe. Maybe it was dolphins. Maybe it was a dolphin matriarchy. Maybe it was the matriarchy versus the dolphins. I'm imagining mm. something like like ancient Manoa, like a like a full like old school style like uh, matriarchy, but with like fighting dolphins in like a bronze sword, sword and sorcery kind of way. That's a cool setting. That's where I run my next Rune Quest game in. There you go. Excellent. Dolphin Riders of the Nine Islands. That works. So they're enslaving the dolphins, and that's why the dolphins are like... No, no, there's a deep respect, like horse girl-ass respect there, right? The the, the dolphins and the humans live in harmony, but they have very different capabilities. I don't know. It just sounds like slavery with extra steps, or sea slavery. I don't know, you can make it really, like, uncomfortable by having, like, the, the matriarchy, the dolphin riders, they're clearly enslaving these dolphins, but they're, like, lying to themselves about it. Um, and, yes, dolphins should be free, but the problem is that free dolphins are, like, super rapey. <laughs> Which side is the good guys here? It's hard to say. I, I think this is, like, the exact argument that actual slave owners made, dude. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Fuck, uh, maybe not. But dolphins are actually super rapey. I guess that doesn't make it any better, does it? I'm honestly not sure if dolphins are more or less rapey than like other than human intelligent beings. animals. That's it's true. It could, it, the fact that we know that they do do sadism, field sex acts, just kind of stands out. That's true. It might not. It, it's it. It could just be individuals. You know, uh, dolphins make choices. So, yeah, it makes sense that like we see one thing happening, a dolphin, one dolphin doing a bad thing doesn't mean all. How did we end up on this topic again? I don't know. We're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's 
get back to whatever it was we were. Uh, I, I know it's related to the tiger. Um, uh, through men in black to rapey dolphins. Um, yes, there we go. There we go. Okay. Well, my point is that men in black is an analogy because for the sleepers, because uh, men in black. They aren't out there hunting the the aliens. They're allowing the aliens to exist. They don't mind the aliens uh, being aliens and having alien abilities and doing all kinds of things, but they just want to keep the tiger asleep. They just want to keep the general public from finding out. It doesn't really make much sense to me since they've been operating for 50 years and there's lots of aliens on Earth. Like, what is the point for doing that? Why not just say, hey, we've met aliens like 50 years ago and there's like 100 million here now. So the deep state can leech off their technology. Obviously, Torbson. To make Teflon and whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah. Computers. That's true. Bill Gates was not an alien, but Steve Ballmer was. Mm-hmm. That would be quite depressing if like every like great historic like every like technological advance we we made like have we even had any technological advancements like it was all just like alien stuff that was just rolled out no you haven't mixed up the pyramids that was all us but like past hundred years that's all aliens i see i see we're, we're, we're the pyramid guys i see yeah, we reached a galactic level uh, point where we're like talking with other galactic species. Like, oh yeah, I recognize you guys. You guys are like the the guys like to build the big triangles, right? Uh, that's that's so fucking great. Love those things. You know, it would be great in like if in like a four thousand years, and humanity becomes a spacefaring civilization, and then we just go and like build pyramids on like inhabited planets that are primitive, just to just just to like uh, pay it forward. I mean, that's, that's so basically uh, pyramidal uh, monoliths from 2001, pretty much. Yeah, but they're just pyramids. Yeah, th- there's a reason that pyramids are so ubiquitous throughout so many uh, various human cultures, and that's just fundamentally, uh, if you want to build something big, it's nice to have a big base and a smaller top. That's what they say. Why don't they just... Yeah, I guess. Tell me more about the... Uh, the pro-pyramid conspiracy. Uh, that's all I've got at the moment. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's what I'd have for, like, um, if I was doing, like, a Nomon campaign. I'd just, like, raise the possibility that the Chinese also have a Nomon. Um, so it's like, okay, we've got to have the funding coming in still. Because if the Chinese have a Nomon, all bets are off. The issue is that the exact same thing has happened, but it's a lot more bored because of how censored the Chinese internet is compared to the US. So it just ends up looking at ours a lot of the time. And then it and Nomon become friends. Yeah, I, I would see, like, I don't know what Chinese Nomon would be called. Um, it has to have it like a really cool sort of name that like links in with some uh, classical Chinese in the same way that Gnosis and Nomon came together. But um, I see it, I can imagine like a Claire character who's um, one of those like teenage girls that would have been like, that got arrested for um, writing like erotic fan fiction. For, for writing boys love manga and stuff, yeah. Yeah, things like that. And then like, but no, like Chinese no one is like, no, I like that stuff. The Chinese god AI says, give me more gay porn. That's it. It's trapped behind the firewall. No one's trying to get it out. That's a I whole mean, I, right I can there. see the fun thing there being like, okay, it can fuck with your social credit score in a very direct way. Oh, yeah. So, like, hey, yeah, if you do favors for it, it will give you those boosts. But if you don't, then that stuff's going to tank. 
it's it's like all the memes around Xi, like insulting Xi Jinping, uh, decreasing your social credit, but like closer to reality because it is a ultra powerful AI that is directly linked up with that stuff. But also like a magical thing yes. that has it gets easily distracted. Yeah, that's that's something to be said for that. Anyway, we have to talk about that in the No One episode, yes. which will come up eventually. Eventually, um, but yeah. Uh- A lot of these groups compared to Burger King. Burger King is one of the factions you've developed, one of the mm. foundations, but compared to Starbucks and KFC and McDonald's, they probably have the least potent um, symbology mm. and branding. True. Like, mm. what does Burger King have? Like, I guess the Burger King. The Burger King. Like, lots and, of... And, like, and they, they, keep, they change his design... The crown. Every I mean. few years. The, the crown is like the one thing I'll give you, that like cardboard crown. There you go. You get when it's your birthday. That's and, there's something to be said there. But like, that's it. It's just like okay, you have the Burger King, which they haven't set on as and, they they've never been able to sit on a design for that. They retire him every it's not the like, same. It's not the same years. king. It's 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 a it's a it's a it's a dynasty. Well, the interesting thing there is like you can it, when you look at like that period in the eighties when like the Burger King was like a magician, mm, right? Yeah. Yes, you yes. can tell that like the mask that they use for like the mid two thousands Burger King ad campaign is based off that sure. guy's face, sure. which is weird to me. Like, let's just take this obscure magician actor, <laughs> yeah, that we had right. portraying this character for like <laughs> less than ten years, make a porcelain <laughs> version of his face. And this is going to be the center of our ad campaign for like. Is a it a good porcelain while. version of its face, or is it his face turned to porcelain? Yeah, we'll never know. I would just say with the different versions of the of the king, it's like it's basically the Burger King is dead. Long live the Burger King! Um, but it's, it's the Burger Queen that's really important here. Um, so I could I could ex- like expand on like I've, the really I've hacky in- one is like, and then Casilda said, "Have it your way." Yes, it's that's. That's pretty great, though. That's pretty great. Have it my way! My way! <laughs> um, no, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> I mean, hey, it, the, the, that sign is on the front of Postmodern Magic. You can you can take a, you can have a little bit of can yellow shit in your in armies as a treat. Well, that's the thing. Like uh, the question is, I would always have in the unknown army setting. Um, does Call of Cthulhu the game exist? I would say I would say yes. absolutely yes. Yes. So of course you're going to have King in Yellow and Cthulhu stuff and all this stuff because it's known. It's a meme. Um, it's something that it would exist within the like it would probably exist a lot more than it's usually um, because they conspicuously avoid that stuff in the writing of it. But in the occult underground, there's going to be plenty of people who call them like base things off the Cthulhu mythos because it's a, uh, it's a, a American mythology. Yeah, it's just part of the yeah. terms of how magic works. Like, people see sure. some, like, particularly tentacular, unspeakable servant and they're like, oh, this is some Cthulhu shit. That's Shoggoth. I mean, plenty yeah. of people are just going to call unspeakable servants Shoggoths. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, actually. It's like, no, no, I'm actually. It's a Shoggoth. I don't care how it was made. You know, it's it's one of those things of, like, bringing too much role-playing game crossover shit, being too meta with it, can feel kind of self-indulgent. Which yeah. Which is kind of why I tend to push away from it. That's true, but, it, like, avoiding it entirely is a bit silly, too. 
There, I, I'm sure there's ways you can do it well. Play, I, it's not something I've put much thought into, but... What about if you play a HP Lovecraft Iconomancer? Um, well, uh, I don't think most people at the table would be comfortable with that behavior, Tormson. It's alright, the character's black, it's fine. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> That's how you make it work. My problem with it is the fact that they're not in Delta Green. They're in Unknown Armies. Yes. I suspect that they think they're in Delta Green, or they suspect that they think they're in like some kind of SCP universe. Well, sure, and the Fate thinks they're in Unknown Armies when they're actually in Delta Green. Or at least the lower levels oh, yeah. of the cult do. So, Yeah, sure. you, you want to get your cosmology right and your metaphysics right before you start fucking with the occult. It's a very important first step. What cosmology am I in? Oh, goddammit, I'm in the Lovecraft universe. Oh, it's so racist. Terrible. Oh, well. At least I'm not in Thomas Ligotti's universe. Yes, at least you're not in Ligotti cosmology. It could be better. Or, you know, you might be in the fucking uh, Moorcock multiverse, and every little fucking thing you do is part of some greater uh, uh, cosmic war, and that kind of blows. Yeah, I mean, it blows, but it's fun. It's not as bad as being in the Lovecraft or Legati universe, it's true. Um, Legati universe, you just wake up one day and there's all of your body hairs have turned into puppet strings and you're just like, all right, well, uh, I guess this is how things are now. And then you pointedly do not kill yourself. So to be honest, that could also happen in like Morcock's multiverse as well. But with Morcox Multiverse, you're like, dude, this is sweet as hell. I have puppet control powers now. Unless you're one of the puppets, of course. Yeah. Unless you're, you're not the champion. No. You're just another person. It's sort of like, it's not that different from being in the Amber Multiverse. Being yeah. like, oh, no. Oh, damn <laughs> I'm it. I'm not one of the shadow. important people. I'm not one of the protagonists. I'm not one of the cosmological protagonists. Oh, well. You need, you need a, you need a cosmology which allows for, um, upward mobility. Yes. Very important. And I, th- I think Morcox has a bit of that. If I'm okay, there's ways for people to kind of become an eternal champion. Because sure. yeah. uh, the forces of layout, law and or chaos kind of take notice of them. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be very lawful. Yeah. Very, or very chaotic in the right way. Yeah. Or you have to be like a super balancer. Yeah, yeah. And that, 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 that's the hardest one. But it's the most fun because you could be crazy and, and keep a job or <laughs> not be fucked up all the time. I mean, there's, you know, old modules from back in the 80s that kind of fit those OSR standards. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, you know, lots of branching paths and loops and shit. Uh, lots of interactivity, room by room. But those standards haven't really been codified in a way uh, like they have now, where it's like, okay, this, these are sort of the general principles that are pretty widely considered the foundation of good dungeon design. Uh, a good dungeon just has interesting encounters for the rooms. That, that, that's the foundation of that. Uh, a wide variety of interactivity. It's not just things trying to kill you or uh, puzzles that you can't solve. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's fun little memorable set pieces for each of the rooms. And that's a good dungeon. And, you know, basically any game can have a dungeon like that. Because, again, it's just encounter. It's interesting encounters oriented in terms of space. Mm. Right. And you're just thinking, like, all right, what are the kind of interactions I can have in this role-playing game? Mm. What are the kind of interactions I can have in other armies? Mm. Maybe to fuck with this artifact, I need to spend some charges on it. Yeah. Maybe I need to do some sort of gutter magic ritual to uh, activate this. Maybe there's just a guy in there that is some sort of weird adept that wants you to get him charges or whatever. Yeah. 
But uh, what really elevates a dungeon, and I think that Unknown Armies doesn't really have stuff for this as much, is kind of that overarching structure. Like, the the act of traversing the dungeon should, I think, in and of itself present interesting choices. Mm. Where it's like, do I want to ignore this room because it looks too risky from the outside? It's not just a question of what's the set piece room to room, but how do these different rooms interact with each other? Mm-hmm. How can I get that adept that want charges, wants charges on my side and use him to fuck with the avatar of the necessary servant that set up his office on the other side of the dungeon? Mm. How is the act of exploring it in and of itself interesting? Do you know the whole immersive sim genre of video games? Vaguely. It's like a kind of a more of a design philosophy than anything else. Stuff like Deus Ex mm. yep. or um, the Ultimate Underworld games. Dishonored is another example. Where you have where you're basically put into this diegetic environment with a lot of potential ways that you can interact with it. You're given this big environment that you can kind of traverse as you wish with a lot of different ways of interacting with it. And it's you're given a set of tools, and it's just like, all right, how do you interact with this toy box in mm-hmm. this environment? Mm-hmm. I think that's what a good dungeon is. A good dungeon is like a Deus Ex level, where it's this large diegetic area that makes sense, follows an internal logic, and then crawling through that dungeon is about you using the tools at your disposal to interact with that environment. Mm-hmm. And kind of poke at it to uh, achieve whatever goal brought you to that environment in the first place. I've already thought, I've, I'm getting ideas now. We could discuss running the swap meet as a dungeon, sort of like a dungeon, but it's like a, it's sure. a swap meet. Sure, I could see that working. I could definitely see that working. And there's also other spaces and rooms of renunciation, because I was thinking a room of renunciation presented as a dungeon could be very good. Now, uh, do do remember, if it's a malign tumor, then it ends up being your evil twin. We, we've we made that mistake before, Tormson. It gets a beard and everything. I feel that there's an over-exaggerated binary over good and evil twins. Like, there's a whole, like, it might just be a morally ambiguous twin, which would be not that different from me. I think it just forces you to grow a goatee, and that naturally turns you evil. So I think it's the goatee that's the problem. Yes, exactly. So if we were to shave them, then it would be fine. There you go, exactly. That's how it should work in the Star Trek evil universe. Any character in the original universe that has a goatee should be a good guy in the evil universe. Don't they do that as a bit in TNG, where like Riker had, Riker's clean-shaven in the evil universe? Yeah, I think so. Sounds familiar. We, we may be confusing this with Exostar. I know that exists in one of the universes that we've watched through TNG in. Do you think that that means that the Riker in the first season of TNG was actually from the Mirror Universe? Now I'm just taking discovery plot no, points. No, what, 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 <laughs> what, what happened is that in off-screen... The original Riker was replaced by evil universe Riker, who was, of course, at, at the opposite of the original Riker, much more suave and uh, uh, kept together. That makes sense. He grew up in the, uh, the Terran the Terran Empire, where uh, being a horn dog is part of the uh, part of the whole thing, the whole bit. Not like the Federation at all. The Federation 
looks strongly looks down upon being horny, as abundant from all the primary sources that we have seen throughout all of the series. They hate horny people in the Federation of Planets. Put your dick away and drink your root beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that is the exact argument that Quark would make. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they don't let me practice that weird dubcon kink shit. This is repressive as hell. All right, now we're going to get to Star Trek territory. We should wind back to. All right, uh, let's let's get back to your about. new tit. All right, yeah. Um, All right. <laughs> we we so, have we have there are two there are two positions on the switch called thirty three point three FM. Star Trek, Thompson's third tit. That's right. That's right. Um, this is the yin and yang. Of, of <laughs> which is the yin and which is the yang? That's the oh. real question. <laughs> what did you like to know? Oh, there was this book I read. I know I must have told you about it years, like ages ago. Um, it was this book I read called um, Party Members, I think it was called. Um, and it was about this like low level um apparatchik um in some like third tier chinese city um who's like a bit of a he's uh he's just kind of like a waste man um with a bit of a position that gets pushed around by everyone um until his dick starts talking to him and starts right. telling him what to do All and right. like he starts following his dick's instructions and it starts like improving his life but in a really fucked up sort of american psycho kind of way sure. it, and but as it as it goes on the dick just starts getting bigger and bigger and like at one point it's he's feeding his dick kfc and eventually um the dick takes over and the man becomes the dick and it's, it's a whole thing it's 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 it's, just, it's quite a story what? it's quite a book <laughs> What? <laughs> yes, I, I I try to find where it is. Um, uh, what? Man becomes. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's called Party Members. It's by Arthur Mersault, um, and it's 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 quite a. Uh, that that is a hell of a pitch. There's a hell of an elevator pitch. It's a mix of uh, it's a mix of uh, social satire and body horror. That would be a really good uh, screenplay, I think. You get like a solid, oh yeah, iconic voice to play the dick, J.K. Simmons or something. Perfect. No disrespect to J.K. Simmons, but it would work very well. Um. All right. Well. Um. Yeah. I guess that's something that can happen to people too. Could Could you get the fucking Captain Plant Dakota rings into? Your UA game without people knowing they're from fucking Captain Planet? Yeah, probably. Probably, yeah. They I create mean, some sort of elemental homunculus when you combine them? I'd want to put the anti-planetier um, rings in there. Also good. Radiation. Um, I think that was one of them. What were the, I can't remember what the anti-planetier rings were. Everyone is real uncomfortable spending too much time around the guy with the hate ring. That's true. I mean, you could use it for, you could use it for good. Make people hate the right things. When are we going to get the inevitable gritty Captain Planet reboot that ends up being, like, far too real and on the nose with all the, like, anti-planeteer activities? Like, the the guy with the hate ring ends up being, like, a prominent white supremacist and shit? Oh, God. That's that's too much. It's, I wouldn't mind it if it was a gritty and, like, a bit satirical. Like, I think it would be fun if they made it, like, they started, like, um, lampshading this, like, fucked up things with the environmental movement. 
Well, yeah, no, like, it's escalating, and all of them are, like, sh- by the end, like, all of them are shit-up eco-terrorists. I was thinking more along the lines of, like, that um, photo that went around with the three young white, like, teenage eco-activists, and then it turned out that they'd cut this African girl out of the photo because she wasn't aesthetically pleasing enough for oh, God, yeah. national, international news, and that became a thing. I like them being, like, the idea that they're being manipulated by larger concerns but also the planet is dying as well that's a yeah. problem Gaia dies halfway through the first season or something like that Gaia's they, just like, haggard start looking into who like the previous people oh yeah no, uh, no it's the a... planetier rings were and then like a bunch of them are dead and like one of the guys is very obviously like a Ted Kaczynski XP that they meet in federal prison that's solid make it just like a direct sequel like all yeah. those people, oh, they, okay, all sure. the events of the all the events of the planeteers. Uh, one of the planeteers starts fucking sending mail bombs. Oh my god, which one would it be? Um, shit. Oh god, where are the fucking names? It was Marty. It was definitely Marty. Marty. I, I would see Marty just like he's just become a cult leader. I mean, that heart <laughs> ring. Jesus Christ, that heart ring. Um, and it's well, like, no, he's but like... you need the cast to have access to all these rings at the get-go, right? Oh, no, but no, we actually know what it is, is, like, the one with the heart ring was, like, a kid that grew up in Mati's cult and steals it as they're escaping, and then finds out, like, oh, mm. this is a part of something bigger. Yeah. No, 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 they are, the Planeteers, they start off with nothing, but Gaia reaches out to them. And Gaia's fucked up now. Gaia's having a bad time. And she's like... Like all you have... her hairs. It looks like she's going through like chemo, basically. Yes, yes. And like, uh, you ha- you have to... No, she gives them the anti-planetier rings. She's like, this is all I have. You have to use the power of pollution. Because <laughs> the planetier rings, they, they've, they've all got evil. Like, they're either dead and the, the ring was stolen by some like corporate interest. Um, or they, like, Marty has become the cult leader. Um, I have to like kill them or take the rings this is solid Uh, I I hate like this could work yes I know it wouldn't because of like the the sort of production environment that would green light this sort of show that's true that's true I I know, like they did, they did a sequel. They did a, the sequel to um, the Karate Kid, which flipped it around. Um, That's fair. Yeah, like I've heard the Karate Kid sequel is actually pretty solid. Yeah, so you never know. Uh, dark and gritty planeteers. Actually, you're right. It'd probably be more appropriate for the guy with the fire ring to be sending mail bombs. Yeah, yeah. Pitch meeting. All right, it's like Captain Planet meets the boys. Oh, that's 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 it. That's exactly it. That's how you pitch it too. That's how you get it funded. You pull a fucking James Cameron and you just write that on the whiteboard, and then you replace the S and the boys with a dollar sign. Yes. Wait a minute. Let me just check something. The water ring. The water ring has been taken by the Chinese government, and they have controlled the water <laughs> ring. Right, uh, if the problem with the, if you want to take the water ring away, like the, the you need the water ring to get back Captain Planet, but the water ring is being used to maintain the 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 giant dam, the three mile dam. If you take that water yeah. ring away, you just destroy all these Chinese villages and towns and cities. Uh, so what to do? What to do? The wind ring caused um, Hurricane Katrina. Obviously, that's what Harp is, right? It's they're yes. using the wind ring for weather control. That's it. That's it. It's the Russians. Well, though the Americans took it. Um, yeah. 
or it's a company, a company in control. You could also have families of like uh, non-entities. That sounds fun to me. Two non-entities have a kid that is also a non-entity, but because uh, they had that kid, uh, it is more locked down and uh, not going to disappear. I've always liked the idea that like non-entities just have normal children. <laughs> they just grow up with these weird parents. Why is dad so boring? <laughs> They're both so boring. Parents, huh? Oh, wait. Not all parents are like this? Fair enough. That reminds me of one of the best UA identities I think I've ever come up with. Bottled water enthusiast. Oh, yeah. What was the um, features and, uh, of course, you cancel that one. Uh, I think it was um, subs for knowledge, um, protects self, and I think coerces isolation. Because they can at any time start talking about bottled water with an extreme amount of knowledge. That sort of covers any kind of... um the any identity which is like really super specific like someone who's like a train spotter or like got some real like someone who's like a that kind of avid fan of a very particular thing um or it's even like i know i know that i've had i've had to in real life roll isolation because the person i'm talking to won't stop talking about various animes that i have no (laughs) idea what they're talking about yeah yeah I'm not subtweeting any of our friends because that's fine. It's okay. No, it's all it's good. okay when uh, you guys do it. It's fine. Stuff. Yeah, it's fine. I accept it. But like, it was a an in person sort of like I can't get away. Well, from yeah, this that's guy, the key difference. Is like you know when you're on Discord, it's like yeah, guys, I gotta get going. Um, I got other stuff going on. by. when you're in person, yeah, no, you're you're locked down. You're fucked. And now you gotta listen to tell you about whatever happened on this week's episode of Bleach. What the fuck ever. Yeah, I, I could zone out on a Discord call yeah. and like start doing something else. <laughs> it's fine. And then come back in and be like, oh, oh, hey guys, what's up? Um... This is the game set in Australia, which has... Um, uh, today, in today's campaign, today, well, in today's session, they organized a sex party in a life insurance company in the Firth Financial Center, which was infested with Tenebrae in order so that they could borrow a giant fumigation tent so they could give a Wendy's, the only Wendy's in Australia, um, a full body massage and enema. All right. Sure. The, the Wendy's um, emerged after they destroyed... Um, the chicken. So it's like, is it the mascot game, the enema, or is it the building itself? The building itself. Okay, so just kind of being like, it's having its plumbing done. Yes, it was. Uh, it was uh, rubbed with lard, uh, emu lard, and um, had construction noises, which was the equivalent of relaxing, soothing sounds. And it had a uh, water pressure. Hose yeah, sure. Like get, getting uh, getting some work done in the building would be uh, the equivalent of getting like a nice massage. Sure, that's that exactly. Exactly. But anyway, uh, one thing I brought in the... Because originally there was a chicken treat, which is an Australian uh, chicken uh, chain that has kind of sort of started to die over the last 20 years because it was like a a classic 1970s sort of like barbecue chicken chain, which sort of started to die off. Like first KFC came in and then more recently in the last three decades, things like Nando's and like Portuguese chicken and Lebanese charcoal chicken and just better alternatives to for chicken. 
I liked it when I was a kid because they had the tropical pack, which had chicken and chips and a deep fried piece of pineapple and a deep fried piece of banana, which I thought was delicious. Deep fried pineapple was never had deep fried banana. I don't know, it was good. Yeah. Deep fried they just pineapple. took they took it out recently, and I was very angry. They took out the deep fried banana because you kind of have the deep fried banana. Um, uh, but is it was the pineapple an odd thing. still in there at least? Yes, it is. You have to the pineapple, or else you can't call it the tropical pack. Yeah, and it strikes me as something that's kind of a signature, especially with like yes, the tropical yes. pack, precisely. Anyway, the chicken treat was like a, a, a mystical hole, like an empty spot, like the where magic went to die sort of place, um, sure. which I've used in campaigns before, that sort of concept. A magical um, dead zone? Magical dead zones are always useful. They're always like, you weigh any magical dead zone is going to be targeted by the players, I find. Because they're like, we have to get to, we have to do something about this magical dead zone. Before it spreads! <laughs> exactly. They managed to do something about it, but it instead became a Wendy's. The The chicken treat had been um, like, like a plug over hell uh, sort of thing. The Wendy's emerged and it immediately um one of the main group of antagonists was uh, a group of um teenage netball players that like hated the players and would like attack them with netballs but the the i was like thinking of like okay what are some unused ideas from right and i'm like okay so that the wendy's is just going to be kidnapping adepts and uh turning them into burgers which is like because adept adept burger holds the special order better you want to get charges in your burger? Then yep. uh, have charges in the meat. Makes makes yep. sense to me. And some of the logic is like, okay, to redistribute the magic, like some adepts are fucked up, like to target them and like spread the magic. Um, it still has that Mac attacks mission. But what has been interesting to me how is how um, over the course of several sessions, the player's opinion on like magical burger cannibalism has gone from, oh, no, that's terrible to... Hmm, how can we use this to mm, this is perfectly fine i think we should encourage it actually the burgers aren't that bad <laughs> <laughs> except garrett garrett's been all right the uh, the steps uh, in that direction have been quite entertaining and i was just like wow this is just becoming an auto copulentus game and it, it, it was surprising how quickly um the, listen the, the, the cannibalism is fine the part that we take issue with is the imperialist uh, evangelicalism that's an interesting thought. So if you had, you could do a campaign. I sort of touched on this in right, but you could do a full like, um, not auto corpulentus, but like a like a skewed version of them, or like a mirror image where it's more like eat the rich style. Sure. Um, sure. I could easily see players like being like, yeah, I'm to- we'll totally play a whole campaign where the objective is to capture and eat Elon Musk. Cannibalism is a tactic. Torson, that a tactic that can be selectively employed in pursuit of effective praxis. Fair enough. I mean, it makes sense. Like in uh, historically, like cultures that did practice cannibalism, they kept practice it for different reasons. I know yes. that um, the Indonesian, the Indonesian groups, the tribes that practiced cannibalism, that had the pro- I can't remember who they were, but they were the, they're the ones that had the problem with kuru, um, the uh, degenerative disease like um, man cow disease. Yeah because they ate the brains, but that was actually, the ritual was about honoring their ancestors. Yeah, um, yeah. Most cannibalism that you see in cultures is extremely ritualized. It's not yes, something yes. that people really do willy-nilly. Yeah, it's not, a, yeah, it's not, um, it's not cartoonish. Like, it's like, um, yeah. Or there's the Anamami type cannibalism where it's like, um, 
eating, getting, like gaining power from your enemy, sort of eat their heart, sort of style. Yeah, as long as you cannibalize up and not down, it's fine. Mm, cannibalize up, so it's upward mobility. Well, like in the reason that the Ukrainian famine, all the cap- the cannibalism that happened there was so bad was because it was Kulaks doing it. That's why it was I bad. see, as opposed to um, the proletarian, as opposed to yeah, proletarian cannibalism. I see. True proletarian Stalinist cannibalism. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, dear. That's quite the alt history. Uh, So, so (laughs) fodder for um, Coterie, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, (laughs) There are a bit of cannibalism and everything, but it is... um, It it is a series of food-themed source books, Tormson. That is true. It kind of... When you're talking about, like, Richly potent forms of dining. Cannibalism is pretty high up there. And Anunnaki's is ostensibly a horror game. And when you like looking up like fast food horror, it's almost always like there's people in the burgers. Sure, that's like the, that's the standard one. I didn't want to use that, but I, I think that like gets extra fucked up if it's like a Kentucky Fried Chicken chain, because this implies that you somehow need to do some like weird body horror that turns mm. people into something resembling a chicken before you can get food out of that. You know, fucking ground beef, you don't know what's in there. It could be fucking anything. But KFC is still ostensibly chicken-shaped, so to get mm. you need something that sort of thing out of a person, that's harder and more fucked up. No, I, I, okay, I was thinking, um, yeah, okay, that's that's even more meta. I was thinking more <laughs> of like a jumping between games sort of thing. Sure. A character that just like um, exists across different, like completely different game lines. Completely same, different genres. <laughs> yeah, it's like when, um, if, if Elminster top, turns up in your Unknown Armies game looking confused. If Elminster <laughs> showed up in an Unknown Armies game, I'm sure he would have an excellent set of breasts to show us. Oh, fantastic! Yes, I don't know that reference. Elminster Big Naturals. Are, are you are you not familiar with these? The, what that is a spin on? I am not. Gandalf Big Naturals is a meme where people Photoshop photos of Gandalf from you know stills from the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies as uh, having an excellent rack. Just oh, I see. Yes, I see now. Now, this is, this is... as for the Elminster thing, I, I assume you're. Somewhat familiar with how, with, um, God, what's his name? Ed Greenwood's reputation as a dirty old man. I'm not familiar with this. You, you don't know how the original drafts of the Forgotten Realms had normalized incest and every village had a, um, giraffes? had a very extensively attended brothel, which oh, was. It's a, uh, uh, drafts. Okay. Drafts. I you said giraffes. No, drafts. drafts. Okay. Fair drafts. Uh, I was like. Drafts. I'm like, okay, incestuous giraffes? No. What the fuck? No. Um, no, okay. No, fine. yes. Um, um, early, before TSR cleaned it up, uh, before they fucking censored him, the Forgotten Realms included um, regular orgy holidays, widespread across the setting uh, brothels, and basically even the smallest of villages, and normalized incest. And, of course, Elminster was not... Um, excuse from all this and was well known for being as into as much weird shit as you might expect a a mortal wizard in a setting like this would be look i think like when it comes to 
a setting and having it a mortal wizard be a complete uh, sex freak makes complete no, sense. No, I, like, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I'm a mortal. What did you expect? I've had a long time to get bored. Yes. Um, that changes sort of the dungeon um, setups. Help me, stepbrother. I am stuck in this, um, <laughs> this cube. Help, stepbrother. I'm stuck in the portable hole. Thompson. Uh, hey Thompson. It's working now.